following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Paul Scrillo, the founder of TunamiFable.com. And our other two regular co-hosts. Uh, Jason DeMarco, founder of Toonami. Uh, Gil Austin, first Toonami employee. And maybe the last. And yeah. Maybe the last. Maybe the last. Well, we're not hiring currently. One day. Yeah, we're not hiring anyone currently. Yes, you, you have... You have mentioned that repeatedly throughout the years. <laughs> they're yep. to work at Tsunami, right? <laughs> well, unfortunately, we don't pay anyone, so. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, people still want to work there. <laughs> but they do yeah. want to get paid, so that's the. <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the trick. That's the rub. <laughs> Everybody says they'll do it for free until you're actually asking them to do it for free, and then they start getting a little angry they're not getting paid, in my experience. That's understandable. <laughs> Very understandable. So what's the topic of the day, guys? Well, we thought we'd look back on uh, previous April Fool's experiences from uh, Adult Swim, particularly last year, Toonami's April Fool's was quite, quite the astounding achievement for television. And uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. I I never thought that we would ever get a full night of subtitled Japanese anime on Toonami. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah, fools. we thought so too. But it was Mike Lazo's idea, actually. Uh, it wasn't even our idea because we thought, well, that'll tank ratings. So we didn't think we'd ever be doing something like that. But Lazo thought it would be fun and he thought we could also throw in a fully coolie episode and really make a night out of it and so we just once once we had the go ahead there we just decided to go for it and cast our japanese tom and sarah and just had fun with it as much as we could um yeah it was actually an insane amount of work to get everything subtitled and in and QC'd and everything else, but uh, in the end, I think everybody, the result was definitely worth it. Um, but I think the expectation was, oh, we'll just click uh, closed caption subtitles on each one of these things, and it ended up being way, way more complicated than that. Yeah. So I don't think, and then of course it didn't do very well ratings wise. So, which is what we all thought, but uh, it just kind of, I think, reconfirmed that you won't be seeing subtitled anime anytime soon on the air. <laughs> well, I mean, that is that is kind of why, I mean, that's probably what Crunchyroll's for now, right? So, Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, and people go there for that specific purpose, where with us, I think we have to serve several different types of audience at the same time we have to serve regular 
TV viewers who are just flipping around. We have to serve casual anime fans who aren't really interested in subtitles. And then we also serve, you know, Toonami fans and more hardcore anime fans. Um, and kind of we have we have to go broader than Crunchyroll can. Uh, and Crunchyroll sort of people are paying a premium to go there just for the thing that they're going for. And that involves subtitles there. So it makes more sense there for sure. Guess it only makes sense to uh, talk a little bit about that Crunchyroll partnership of whatever you can say about it. Uh, uh, I mean, there's not really much to add to the other than what the press release said. Um, all it really is, all it really means is we're now part of the same company, and not just in a broad sense, but in a very direct. You know, we're both part of Warner Brothers, um, and. That means that we're going to be sharing assets in a way that we never were before. Um, and they've made it clear that our new our new bosses have made it clear they want us to share assets as much as possible. And my personal position is that's great because we were already trying to figure out how to work with Crunchy um, for the last couple of years because, in my view, they are the best streaming service offering anime. And we go and talk to a lot of the same people and it only makes sense that we would go together and put together our combined power of our broadcast television spot and which is something that's valuable to Japanese partners and their money and their relationships um, on the ground so that we can, you know, if we put our money together, then we get more chances to get shows sooner and make more new shows um, and share that budgetary load which gives us more flexibility and them so of course we're going to look at shows that they think are important first because we are the same company and it only makes sense Um, and luckily they're pretty smart about their picks and that doesn't mean we're not going to work with Funimation or Sentai or Viz or anybody that has a show that's a hit or a show that we're interested in because we we're serving all anime fans, not just Crunchyroll subscribers. But we are gonna. It yeah, makes, it only makes sense to prioritize what our own company is already doing, you know. <laughs> and what we were doing with them already, like it's yeah. a formalization of our sort of hey, why don't we both get on the phone real fast? Like it's just making it more concrete and more apparent to the people that license that they license shows from. Um, but it's certainly not an exclusive Crunchyroll linear deal. Um, that's not really the yeah. point for either one of us, but yeah. it's to help both of us be able to uh, cast as wide a net as possible. Yeah, Toonami is going to stay Toonami, and it has to serve its own needs as a block, but it's it's going to share space with Crunchyroll in a bigger way, which I think is all to the good. Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. Now, go ahead, Sketch. Uh, now, now that uh, all the the Warner-owned companies are kind of closer together than before, uh, Paul and I have been wondering: Does it improve the chances for DC shows to to pop up on Adult Swim? It's too early to say. Frankly, I don't really know. I would certainly like that to happen, but I don't know. Um, there's a lot of uh, I mean, we're at the very beginning of figuring out 
how everything goes together. And as you guys have seen in the press, there's been some shakeups already. So I think once the dust settles, my hope is that it would make sense for us to have, you know, DC stuff move, move back onto our air in a bigger way. But again, I don't know for sure. And we don't know what the future plans are for Warner media or, um, DC's own streaming service. So all of that will factor in too. And all of that is kind of above our heads. But my hope as a fan and as a person who runs Toonami is that we would put DC stuff back in. And it's something we've been trying for for a long time. So fingers crossed. It certainly makes the conversations in theory easier. But yeah, it's just too early on for that kind of detail to have been figured out. Yeah. Yeah. That's about what I expected. Yeah, it it sounds like this is just this is starting to kind of just come together. So it's it's kind of like a little confusing for you guys at the moment. Besides the whole Crunchyroll thing, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we just don't, you know, yeah, it's, we... it's been two years of waiting for this plan to come into action, and right as things started to go, we hit a pretty big executive hurdle to clear so yeah. we're sort of still in a bit of a holding pattern yeah and it's not like the last two years have been spent planning because legally a lot of our executives couldn't actually talk to each other and make plans because if the merger didn't get approved they would have been sharing information with each other that ultimately would have given each other unfair advantages so there were literally lawyers in meetings deciding what some of these higher level executives couldn't couldn't talk about so a lot of the plans that you would think they would have spent two years making they couldn't so a lot of it is just being decided on right now on the fly um so i think you're going to see a lot more changes coming um but we don't know what any of them are <laughs> ah, so that would mean given that the blade runner project was announced last year that that was something that was already in process before this whole reorganization of the companies took place. Correct. Yeah. I've been working on that for about two years before it was announced. Is that the show that you said was your dream project that you're working on? A while back i remember you uh, i don't remember but i mean it is a dream project for sure so <laughs> probably fair fair still want that outlaw star sequel <laughs> so does Bill. yeah Bill, Bill, Bill talks about it all the time <laughs> just wakes yeah. up every morning man i wish there was an outlaw star sequel and talks about it on pre-flight about once a week yeah yeah, I I like that you guys are uh, going down the that pace list and talking about shows that you haven't talked about before. That's that's been interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, well we're running. We, we ran out of tsunami shows we, yeah. to talk about, and then uh... now I disagree <laughs> about that. But maybe you've ran out of tsunami yeah. shows that you want to talk about. <laughs> what no, we what did we, we talk about? about? What which one didn't we talk about before we? You know, I mean, at this point, we've run a couple. We've run some since, yeah, but we like could do six weeks probably. Yeah, but what didn't we talk about before we switched to uh, the fifty greatest anime films? Oh man, putting me on the spot here. Uh, 
Well, you sound, yeah, you sound pretty sure. So. <laughs> I should have I should have brought my research notes. <laughs> I'm ill prepared. We talked about we even I mean, I we, guess we talked any, about Tanchi. Any show we premiered in the last eighteen months, yeah, you wouldn't have it's been about. about it's been about eighteen months since we stopped stopped talking about tsunami shows because we were just doing that all in a row, and then we switched to the paced anime thing. But frankly, we didn't think we'd be doing a weekly show for f- going on three years. We thought we we never imagined it would still be going. So we have run out of road several times fig- trying to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about. So thank God I did the paste anime list. And then thank God they did the other greatest series lists. Now that gives us another year of content. But who knows what we're going to do after that? I guess we're going to have to write another article with paste. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you could always write an article with us i mean i, I won't deter you from doing that <laughs> i just you know at a certain we, we can't really talk about brand new shows because then we don't want every show we talk about for people to be thinking oh they're gonna put it on tsunami you know that that puts undue pressure on every time we mention a new show so we kind of want to be talking about classic shows or shows that have already come out and so these greatest of lists make a lot of sense but eventually we're just gonna straight up run out of shit to talk about and you may see the show reinvent itself or go away one or the other right Hmm. well i'm gonna look up what tsunami shows you haven't talked about and i will get back to you (laughs) but i do think uh specifically there may have been some that aired on adult swim tsunami that you didn't really talk about at length but yeah it's at at the time it made sense not to because it, you hadn't had them on for very long or, or yeah I don't, yeah i mean i don't know um like i said we haven't talked about any tsunami specific shows for like 18 months since we started the greatest anime movies list um so maybe there's been some in i mean there's certainly been a bunch in the meantime mm. 10 or or so that we probably you know at some point we can circle back and you know i always liked when you made announcements on pre-flight and that doesn't seem to happen very much these days uh well we we it's difficult to time it out now it's a lot different with we're trying to be good partners with all of our distributors and a lot of them want to announce the, their shows and they want to do it at cons or they want to do it in specific ways. I think that's more of a function of the business changing and our partners rightfully realizing that a show of theirs getting on Toonami will help them, will help the awareness of the show. So they have wanted to make a big deal out of it. And so we have wanted to be good partners and let them announce things or we time it so that they announce it or we do it on Facebook where it's sort of, you know, that at least roughly a million people are going to see it at any given time because it's kind of hard to explain to a partner well there's a streaming show that airs once a week and not a lot of people watch it and we want to announce things there <laughs> it just feels like you know that's not the place you want to you want to make an announcement where it's going to have the most impact well, we like premiering spots and cuts and stuff pre-flight wise so and then yeah. reposting that tsunami facebook but it's also just from a PR standpoint, it's kind of hard to say. Sort of six minutes into eight o'clock, we'll talk about it as opposed to we're posting this on Facebook at 
right. p.m. on Thursday or whatever it is. And depending on the show, like if it's a worldwide hit, like Attack on Titan, for instance, Funimation is going to want to know, the Japanese rights holders are going to want to know, they're all going to want to know so that they can say it too at the same time, and it all has to be aligned. And at a certain point, it's just easier to point people to a social post that you can schedule ahead of time, they can approve, and it's not just two assholes talking on a streaming show roughly six minutes and 15 seconds in. You know what I mean? Right, right. And on that topic of announcing things on air, going back to April Fool's the uh, the year prior with the Rick and Morty marathon, when they, uh, when you announced the Attack on Titan season premiere during that Rick and Morty marathon, that was, that definitely caught people by surprise. <laughs> well, we wanted to announce a whole bunch of stuff, but that was the only one we were allowed to. <laughs> We wanted to talk about a whole bunch of stuff that was coming in the next year. Um, and we originally had a bunch lined up, and then slowly each one of the rights holders was like, nah, 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 and they all wanted to hold it. So that was the only one that they were like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it was probably close enough to when it was actually going to air for <laughs> to want to. Yeah, that's why. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, if companies want to hold off for the, the... I feel like the best way to announce shows is on air. But, I mean, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, they don't, um, they don't always... They don't always want that. They, 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 they have their own marketing desires, and, you know, part of being a good partner is letting them do things the way they want to because we don't have a lot of money to pay a ton for all of our shows, so we don't really have that kind of fuck you money to tell them <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about it when we want to. Like it's not really like that. We 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 try to be good partners to everybody, and that involves a back and forth when it comes to announcements. I like that fuck you money. <laughs> I mean, well, some you people know, have it, and some people Netflix have has fuck you money. We don't, you know. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder where they get that money, but that's another conversation for another day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of doing announcements in that, um, obviously you guys are probably going to do a couple cons this year. Um, do you guys happen to know which ones you're going to be doing yet? Or Yeah, I we're definitely going to do MomoCon, and that might be the only one. Uh, there may be something at Comic-Con. It's a little too early to do any... We're not, it's it's too early to do any Blade Runner related stuff, really. Like, there's not enough stuff to talk about. Um, so I don't think this year you're going to see much of that. Uh, that'll be more next year. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's really MomoCon, and we'll see sort of if Comic-Con, if anything pops off. I think there's the possibility of more, but right now the only planned ones are MomoCon, and we'll be at Comic-Con working. I don't know if we're going to do pre-flight, and I don't know if we're going to do panels, but we'll be there doing other things, so it might happen at Comic-Con. Hmm. So, so that, that's a little... at, uh, Anime Expo? No, probably not. Not this year. Um, Anime Expo is something that we only do when we have like real big news or, you know... In the case of Blade Runner, if I had a clip to show or something to, but we're still very early in the making of that show. Like we're, you know, it's 
it's we're still writing scripts and going through character designs and stuff so it's it's gonna be a while um so yeah we don't really have anything at anime expo specifically although i'm sure that there will be announcements at anime expo that involve us but they won't be us doing them necessarily Mm. Mm. well that solidifies my plan for momocon i guess they will be coming down then uh, I think I heard that there are um, uh, several American writers working on that Blade Runner series. Is, can you talk a bit about that? The approach to uh, yeah, Blade there are yeah they 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 hired a bunch of um, really great comic writers, um, m- you know, men and women both, um, and sort of the scripts are being written in English first. Um, mm. And Al Khan, who makes Blade Runner, who owns the rights to Blade Runner, has been intimately involved because they want to make sure that it ties into the Blade Runner, existing Blade Runner world well. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think the scripts are really strong. Like, I'm, I'm really excited about it, and I can't wait until we can tell more people about what the show is going to be. But that's all I can really say for now. Mm. Mm. Could, could you maybe determine whether or not this is something that people who haven't experienced Blade Runner could still get into? I mean, the goal is, yeah, you don't have to have seen any other Blade Runner stuff to be able to follow the story and know what's going on, but of course it's going to be a richer story if you do. Um, But, you know, that's always the goal, so that's hopefully what we're going to achieve. So you you've you've talked about in the past that you guys are doing multiple shows. Is Blade Runner just the the one that you're kind of um, focusing in on right now, or is there other shows that you're also doing at the same time? Uh, no, we're doing other ones at the same time. We just haven't announced them yet. Um, we've got a couple different pilots and a couple different shows that we've made deals for that we just haven't announced that we're actually working on. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a busy time. It's pretty crazy. Sometime last early last year, I believe a pitch meeting on the Adult Swim stream uh, showed off some from Scavengers. Do you have uh, anything you want to say about Scavengers? No, other than what I said at the time, which is we work we're working on a pilot for Scavengers, and I really like it, and we'll see if it becomes more than that. But I don't have anything to share at this time. I like the approach. It seems to be uh, very uh, sci-fi horror, which is something that Tsunami dabbles in, but doesn't do a lot. Like I, I would say, the last show that really well Tokyo Ghoul, but even before that, Parasite. That. Those kinds of shows are, are nice to see, kind of to mix things up. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love that genre myself, so fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. And on that topic, been running Toonami for yay so many years now since it's come back from Adult Swim and before that, but uh, what would you say has changed in the direction of Toonami, or rather, what direction do you want to see it go in in the coming years? Um, I mean, just what we've been saying publicly, which is just that uh, I think that in the with the rise of streaming, it's sort of changed, you know, 
really it's changed what and and the way the Jap the industry has changed the anime industry. I don't think we can be um, a shonen block anymore that just shows the most popular shonen titles. I think we have to broaden our we have to broaden our shows to be really the most popular or the ones we think are the most interesting of all genres of shows. It remains to be seen if people will actually watch those the way they watch the shonen. But I think you're going to see in the next couple months us branching out into a broader, um, you know, a broader set of, of titles than we have before in terms of the, the genres. Yeah, I think the definition of what is and may not be a tsunami show is definitely going to get wider as time goes on. I mean, it's just a, there's a finite number of shonen that we can get and make sense. So yeah. it's going to have to be continuing to be the combination of nostalgic shows, classic tsunami shows, and new interesting shows. And I think yeah. just depending on, not week to week, obviously, but, but season to season, uh, that's that ratio is going to change depending on what shows are up for renewal and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to have to have shows closer to when they're released. And that means a lot of these shows, like um, My Hero Academia, for instance, where it's not out of the gate that it's going to get 165 episodes. It's sort of greenlit by season. So it's like a season and then a rest and then a season and then a rest. And we're all experiencing those shows in that way now. And so we will start having less long runners, probably, and more just here's a season and then you take a break like we're doing with Attack on Titan and you come back, you know. So that changes our programming strategy because you have less stability and you have things changing more often, but that's because that's kind of what people want nowadays. So, you know, there's going to be more more shows rotating in and out, and I think that requires us to go broader with the type of show we would consider a quote-unquote tsunami show. I think a lot of people will be happy to hear that. Oh, definitely. And people always complain no matter what, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who are bummed about it too. That's just oh, yeah. that's the nature of Toonami, I've learned. I could say Santa Claus is real, brought to you by Toonami, and there'll be a whole bunch of people who are like, fuck you! <laughs> I know way. Santa Claus isn't real. That's just the way it goes, and, and something you just get used to when you work in this business, and you just have to remain philosophical about it, because otherwise it'll drive you crazy. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, on the topic of showing it, we, we're almost to the end of Hunter Hunter. It's very exciting that this journey is finally coming to an end. And what a journey it has been. Feels like yeah. a long time yeah. since 2016. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to, I mean, I'm glad we're going to get to run the whole show, basically. You know, we always, whenever we get a show that's kind of got a lot of episodes, we always have our fingers crossed that we won't have to pull a one piece or you know like we, we won't have to pull it before it sort of gets to run all of its episodes so i'm always happy every time we have a show where we finish the run especially if it's a longer show i kind of check it off in my head like okay well we did that and that's sort of how i feel about hunter hunter i think it's a, a great show and i'm glad we got to expose it to a lot more people all right well i i need to ask i need to ask this so 
since it is coming to an end and it has been on Toonami for so long at this point, could we possibly see an ending promo for that? I mean, maybe, you know, the, I, I think you'd probably notice that we do less topicals and less sort of weekly promos nowadays. And right. that's because, you know, there's a lot going on here right now. and We only have so many people working here and it's harder than ever to get shows early enough. Like in some, in a lot of cases, we're getting these episodes the day they air or the day before they air because we're getting closer to dub delivery than we ever were. And it makes it much harder to try to cut promos. And we, yes. at a certain point, you just look at the man hours involved and wonder how effective a 15 second promo is versus the man hours or woman hours to get it, you know, able to air. And it's, it's way more about a timing issue than like, do we think this show is worth an ending promo? Because we need to make a spot for the new show that's coming to let people know that that's happening. We need to keep up with all the other lineup promos and everything, and it's what's delivering in time. So it usually, from a timing perspective, makes more sense to make a spot when a show is being running its finale, telling you what the next show is going to be. Um, rather than being able to celebrate that show. But every now and then all the moons align and we're able to do it the week before, driving to that week, and then have it be the next show's promo. But yeah. more often than not, the final show's coming in late and we've only got three days to make the next show's promo and you just have to unfortunately make those triage decisions. So it's not so much okay, finally, this show is worthy of our attention. It's really way more of, do we have time to make all this stuff? No. Okay, what can we, what do we have to get out of the, the out of the door? And it's usually the yeah. next show's campaign. And then that also has to be balanced out against everything else because our department is the Adult Swim on-air department, which is what we get paid to do every day, which is make everything else on the air that isn't a TV show and so there will be some weeks where we're just doing a lot and, and we're busy and we don't have, we can't, we just literally don't have the, the, the time to be able to cut an extra promo. And then there are some weeks where things are slower and an editor's like, hey, uh, I got time if you want me to cut a final promo for Hunter Hunter. And we're like, yeah, cool. It's, it's a balance of all of those different things. And so the short answer is, I don't know. <laughs> All tsunami editors adjust your schedules accordingly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's it's good to kind of have you say all that stuff because I think a lot of people don't realize that there's well, number one, you don't have the staff like you used to have back in the days of Cartoon Network because I, I feel like when I do a panel, for example, I just did one at Toricon. Um, a lot of people get it confused with the tsunami from back in the day. They think that you guys are able to do 50 different promos and you have all this cash to do whatever you want when in reality you're a very small staff that's getting paid to do Adult Swim stuff, not Toonami stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, no, that, and that hasn't changed. I mean, our budget's bigger than it was when we first started back, but it's still smaller than it was back in the Cartoon Network days by a decent amount. Yeah, and it's, it's honestly most of the time more about the time than it is the money, although obviously money helps you in that regard. But instead of having everyone's focused solely on Toonami, we now have everyone focused on the entire network, a part of which is Toonami. Yeah. So yeah. it's just yeah. the reality of 
there's only so many hours in the day. And then when you add yeah. on top of that last minute deliveries and yeah. how much that trickles down, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, impossible. you can't do, you can't be like, sorry, laser wolf creator. We didn't do your laser wolf promo because we need to do a tsunami topical. They'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? You know? So it's, right. it's just the way things go now, but we are, you know, we've done it. I I don't blame people for expecting it because we've done it. I'm frankly proud of the, what we've done in terms of making sure we're delivering something new every week and making sure we're launching shows properly and like busting our ass to sort of keep up to the level where we were as much as possible. But, you know, there's reality and then there's what people's perception is and all we can do is sort of do our best. Mm. Uh, Honestly, I, I was surprised when you guys were doing so many topicals all at once. Same like, here. How how many topicals are they doing? It was like five. That was crazy. I, I think yeah. bringing it down to two or three is just it's good. You don't you don't need to to promote every single show. I think just running a general lineup promo more often is is probably better just to let people know what's on. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll find arguments at every network for the effectiveness or lack thereof of um, weekly promotion. And it sort of changes from week to week, even at this network. Um, I always feel like I always err on the side of it's kind of good to tell people there's a new one coming next week. But at this point, the average viewer is pretty clued in and they can very easily look at the schedule for next week and... You know, I think it's less of an issue now than it used to be back in the day, pre-internet, when you didn't know if there was going to be a new one unless the network told you, you know. Now, a lot of people are watching these shows and they've already seen them subbed, and they know exactly what episode comes next, and they know that it's going to be on next week because we wouldn't stop unless there was a reason. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I do think that it's it's good that you guys do do those topicals every once in a while. I think like it makes sense for a Dragon Ball Super and an Attack on Titan and like a Sword Art Online. Makes sense to do it for those, maybe not so much for like other long runners. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean, you know, the original idea was the shows we really think people are interested in, whether it's because they're newer or because they're bigger or both, those are the ones we want to make sure we're telling people come back next week for a new one, you know? Um, and I think it is always helpful. Like as soon as the episode ends, you see on the next one, it just sort of helps build that pattern. But at a certain point, you're spending a tremendous amount of people hours, getting a spot ready to run one time for 15 seconds. And right. Yeah. Again, it's yeah. just really triaging the time and, yeah. and what is, what has to get done. And yeah. unfortunately not everything can get. Yeah. But but I would encourage that if you if you guys do have the time, please do do a, a promo for Hunter Hunter. I think a lot of people would appreciate that. Noted. So um, since we are, this is coming out on April Fools, obviously. Um, did you guys really envision? It's been seven years. That's crazy to still have Toonami on the air on Adult Swim. Uh, did you kind of envision all of this happening seven years later? from when the, the April Fool's played of Tsunami. This podcast specifically, you mean? <laughs> no, we, uh, we look, look, something I think that people don't understand about the people that work at Tsunami, we 
to a large degree, don't control um, whether or not tsunamis on the air, right? Uh, it's it's not even really necessarily just about viewership. It's about how the network feels about it, how the how much the anime is costing relative to everything else that they have going on, um, our place in the marketplace, what the anime industry is like. So no, in no way did we think about seven years later when we started. We literally just thought it would be cool if we could keep this going for a little while. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much a pipe dream from the April Fool's to have it even come on the air, let alone stay on the air. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a moonshot of maybe we can pull this off and get it back on the air. But I, under no circumstances do I think we would have, one, imagined that it was a lock by any means to, to run, because obviously it was the fan reaction and the, just the overall social media impressions and just sort of the tidal wave of emotions that got it back on the air. But who's to say that that wouldn't be like the next month? It's like, well, that great experiment was over, and yeah, we go back to where I mean, we were. And we, and so I think we've been very fortunate that people have cared enough about tsunami to make us able to win the ratings enough to make it worth the network's time to continue investing in, you know, this block in the way that they have. And part of that is because of Mike Lazo. And his, you know, anime and, and us wanting us to be do it because they we he thinks it's a fun to have. Um, but no, we didn't think. I never imagined Tsunami is going to go beyond a year or two from when I'm talking because it is a television block. It will be canceled eventually. Everything gets canceled at some point. Every TV show, everything. That's just this business. And it's been canceled before, so I'm just, every day is a new day for me, and I feel like we are lucky to be here, and we'll be lucky to be here in a year, and we'll be lucky to be here in two years. My super, super dream would be if we made it another 11 years from April Fool's, because to me, I like the symmetry of the idea we went on the we were on the air for eleven years. We're canceled, and then we made it eleven more fucking years, which is like that's yeah. that's an you know that's something I I feel good about. I feel good that we've lasted seven years. But I, if you were to ask me what my team would be, that might be it. I'd love to go another eleven years just to be like the new tsunami lasted just as long as the old tsunami to be able to say that. Well, I, I do think that you guys have a good chance of not only hitting that 11, but probably going over that with these these new partnerships that you guys have. So, I hope now so. Now you've done it. <laughs> I know. <you> just, <laughs> I know. Now I've done it. <laughs> you, you, you've gone too far, man. You've jinxed it. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been along we've been along with them for this ride. So you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, if it's 11 years. It's 11 years. Why not? I don't care. like to ask at, at this point do you think if because things with television is is constantly changing now more than ever could toonami survive as just an online thing in an official capacity uh, i mean i don't know you know what do you mean by an online thing you mean like a streaming like, service yeah or? like like a channel on vrv or like a specific just just a part of the Adult Swim website and app. I mean, maybe. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think that 
I mean, part of, I think, the allure of Toonami as a fan is that sort of group experience because a lot of the hardcore viewers have seen these episodes, if not a single time, then multiple times. But watching it with friends and with the Toonami community is a, is a good part of it. And I think that it is also some more casual fans that are watching Family Guy and then stick around to watch Super, that kind of thing. And I think that that's harder to replicate, certainly in like an on-demand world, although the on-demand shows do well too. So yeah. it would just be figuring out how do you take that kind of very linear network model of debump, show segment yeah. one, e-bump, open, close, and, and replicate that in a digital yeah. world. I mean, that's and the... not annoy the shit out of people with the whole reason why right. people watch streaming services to cut all that stuff out. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, the thing with streaming is there is no packaging. That's what people like about it. Like, you just literally go watch the thing you want to watch, and you don't have to sweat commercials, and you don't have to sweat, uh, you know, packaging elements around it. And Toonami is packaging basically so i think it would be possibly a weird transition to try to replicate that experience in a streaming setting but maybe something that will be worked out you know i don't know you know just dust jet stream the jet stream servers off and fire it back yeah up. <laughs> i was uh, actually gonna ask me jet stream. yeah i was gonna ask about that i mean was that something that so maybe time yeah, it was ahead of its time. Um, would, would that be something, and again, obviously, if you had the staff, you had the money to do it, um, because obviously right now, Toonami is a very small staff, so to speak, and you don't have as many resources as you used to have. Would that be something, if you had that as a budget or something, would you want to do that kind of thing with like a Toonami Jetstream kind of type of thing? I mean, you know, uh, streaming is the future and uh, really the present in a lot of ways. So I think if somebody had the budget and the opportunity, I think they'd be stupid not to try to make roads in the streaming, you know, segment. And, you know, luckily we're now partnered with a company that does have a very robust streaming business. And so maybe there's something there, you know, down the line. I don't know. Um, but... If I had the means, yeah, I, I, I think I could program a heck of a streaming service um, if I was given that opportunity. Hmm. I, I have wondered regarding the shows that are available on the Adult Swim website and app, as, are you generally restricted by how many episodes of any given show you can put up there at a time? Because it, it's particularly with the acquired anime it never seems to be the whole show even if it's a a 12 episode show you have maybe 11 episodes at a time every yeah. deal is just so different deal to deal to deal that it's there's no really set yeah. scenario but the acquired anime rights are even more convoluted yeah than because it's you're dealing with contracts and that have been signed before we even license the show to run on air that then are still in effect. So it's just it's just way more of a spider web in terms of what's available and when, but we're certainly working towards having that be a more straightforward and cleaned up experience. And I do think that part of the upside to the Crunchyroll partnership will be that level of um, 
streaming rights being cleaned up and, and make more sense. Yeah, because right now you've got the distributors who are acquiring these shows from Japan, making rights that aren't worldwide deals that are for certain territories, and they will be carving up those rights with different streaming services and different broadcast companies and different home video partners, and all of them have their own rules and restrictions. And it changes week to week because yeah. some like it's based on sometimes premiere dates, so such and such a weeks after the episode's premiered, it rolls into some other bucket that they... Right. And then it's, and then it's uh, there's competing VOD, there's AVOD, there's SVOD, and then there's stuff like just plain, you know, the fragmentation of the market in general, just making all of these things being like, oh, shit, I forgot. We said these people could do it. And then we have TV everywhere internally, at least for now. So we have our own internal restrictions that are Turner-wide, or now Warner Brothers-wide. And so it's like, like Gil said, it's a miracle we can get any of them up there, to be honest, let alone a coherent batch. But hopefully that will change. And especially as we make more originals, the stuff that we own, you'll see put in a nice, clean place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before we let you go, uh, just want to have some closing thoughts on uh, the, the whole Fooly Cooly experience now that it's all over and done. Uh, I think it was, a, I mean, for us, it was a, an amazing experience. We got to work with some amazing creators. It was not easy. It was very hard, but we learned a lot from each other. Um, and we learned a lot about how we want to launch a show and how we want to deal with an original. Um, I think we took on the biggest challenge you could possibly imagine. Like, we're not just going to come out of the gate with our first show in a while uh, making a new show. We're going to go ahead and try to make a sequel to, to a classic. Like, you know, it was a big swing. And I think whether or not you think we achieved it, I still feel like the work's good work. Um, I feel like there are more successful episodes and there are less successful episodes. And I don't think it's perfect in the way that... But I don't think the original Fully Cooley is perfect. I don't think we quite got there to be as good as the original. But I do think we had some really amazing moments and I'm really proud of both seasons, but particularly Alternative, I think, holds together really in a strong way. Um, but I feel good about both of those sequels and I'm, I'm happy that... Um, it seems like, of course, there was a mixed reaction because it's anime and you're making a sequel to a classic and there's just going to be a segment of people who are ready to hate it. But I was surprised by how many people seemed to like it and how many times I heard that they liked it more than the original, which I would say is going too far. But I just think it's cool, and especially from a lot of young women that were really into alternative in particular or progressive just because we were showing a little bit more of a different point of view um, Ratings-wise, they did well, and for us, they helped cement that we're going to keep doing original programming. I mean, for the network, they were proof that we could make original shows and that we should do more. So as far as I'm concerned, in the ways I needed it to be a success, it was. It wasn't something everybody loved, but I didn't really need or expect that. I just wanted to make good work, and I think we did. And the fact that the Pillows came and toured was amazing, and I mean, the from a personal standpoint, them playing the Comic-Con show was Amazing. far and away the, my Comic-Con highlight and yeah. maybe my convention highlight in general. Um, yeah. So, And I think just hearing the fan reaction to people who 
we're discovering it for the first time and, yeah. and bringing it to a newer audience, I think, was kind of the goal. And if not the whole point, then certainly part of it. And I think that that's always, I mean, it's always gratifying to hear any positive feedback from fans in terms, not that we get negative feedback, but I mean, in terms of fans being positively affected by a decision that you're making, I think is a very gratifying thing. And so to hear that around uh, Cooley Cooley, I think was, was a really special time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, I love those two seasons and I think they hold up to the spirit of Philly Cooley. And um, I'm glad that so many people watched them, you know, and I'm looking forward to when we finally release the subtitled versions and, a whole nother audience of people that refuse to watch the dub will see them. Um, and, you know, that's really why we do this for a living. All right. Nice. Nice. Okay. Since it kind of came up in that, I, I just real quick, because people just always seem to need assurance of this. It, you're all doing all right, right? It, things are performing to expectation. Personally, you mean? Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, they wouldn't be investing in us making... We're, I mean, let's put it this way. It's a business. Television's a business. And they wouldn't be giving us millions of dollars to make shows because it does cost millions of dollars if they didn't think that it was worth doing. If they didn't yeah. think Toonami was a place to invest heavily in, they wouldn't have even had a Crunchyroll partnership, we would have just become Crunchyroll. We are the same company. So right now, we are in really good shape. The network feels very good about where we are, and we don't have any plans to go anywhere. Excellent. There you go. So you guys heard it here first, so that way we don't have to hear it, we don't have to hear it anymore. <laughs> I mean, people just like saying it. That's the yeah. thing. Is, yeah, that's true. I, I encourage you both. You know, you guys have been involved in talking about tsunami in every way shape and form for years and we appreciate that very much but i would urge you to keep in mind something we keep in mind which is you can't convince people who don't want to be convinced it's just a waste of your energy and there's going to be people who just enjoy the drama of saying tsunami's fucked every time if a show doesn't do what they think it should do if they hear some bit of rumor or read something on reddit or 4chan but none of that shit matters at all. It's all noise. And I just think you can't let every time someone says something like that get to you because that's part of why they say it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to starve them of oxygen. That's my opinion. Good advice. So I think that's a good spot to get you guys off because I know you guys are busy. But real quick, where can they find you on social media so that they can follow you? Well, you can find Gil at Stupid Gil, all one word. He doesn't really do much, but you can follow him. And, <laughs> I'm a terrible follow, but if you have a question, I answer it. Yeah. and um, Or he'll like, if you say something, he'll like it. Sure. <laughs> but you, no that's, matter what it is. That's about all you'll, all you'll get. Uh, I'm a, more of an active user, and I'm at ClarkNova1. Um, and you can... Follow me for Toonami news and general bullshit talking about art and some politics. And music. And music. Well, art. Yeah. Art, art rolls uh, into that. Yeah. And and just for the record, where is the best place to offer your uh, constructive criticism 
of Toonami and suggestions for future programming. I mean, I would say that we check we check every Facebook post. We look at the comments on every post. Uh, we also, you know, I have an Ask.fm, and people send me stuff all the time suggesting shows, asking questions. It's not guaranteed that I'll answer it, but I always read it. Um, if it's rude, I'll just block you. But if it's not rude, I'll read it. And if it's a show suggestion, I'll definitely take it into consideration. So I would just say myask.fm or Twitter, if you, you know, can be, br can be brief or uh, the Toonami Facebook, just comment on any post. We all, we read them. Like we definitely pay attention. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, appreciate you thanks, taking thanks some time. For, thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for allowing us to guest host. No problem. Our pleasure. And uh, we'll see you guys later. We're going to, we're going to hang up. See you later. All right. Thanks guys. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed that uh, spur of the moment treat that uh, just <laughs> literally not long ago, Paul's like, what if we had Jason and Gil on for our April Fool's? Like, oh, that's a great idea. What should we have them do? Well, let's just let them come up with something. And then apparently nobody told them. <laughs> <laughs> so for context, that's just so you know, they were supposed to host. It wasn't supposed to be what you heard just now. But, you know, it is, you know, sometimes things happen when you do these things. So it is what it is. But I think you guys enjoyed this. So hopefully you did. Um, but real quick, um, you can find us, obviously, on Facebook facebook.com slash tsunami faithful podcast please like us there you can follow us on twitter at tsunami podcast please follow us there as well and of course we are everywhere on every single podcast app along with um we are on spotify itunes and of course stitcher and am i missing anything i don't think so but remember you can also email us podcast at tsunami faithful.com if you have any talk back or anything you want us to do so please do that as well um but sketch where can they find you you can find me on twitter at sketch 1984 and you can ask me questions at curiouscat.me backslash sketch 1984 and paul where can they find you you can find me at paul Pascrillo on twitter obviously you can email me paul Pascrillo at tsunami um and uh, you can, if you're on our Toonami Discord, which I would encourage you guys to follow us there, it's at Toonami Faithful, I believe, is the Discord. So please do follow us there on our Discord. Um, there is a link up on the Facebook page, I believe, somewhere. Uh, if you at Paul Pascrillo on there, I am on there as well. And I do have an Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Paul Pascrillo. I'm thinking of starting a personal Facebook page, like a, a Facebook page so that people can interact with me on that rather than because I've been getting sketch for some odd reason. Every once in a while, I get somebody that I know who they are, but I'm like, I don't really want you on my personal profile. <laughs> and I don't mean that as I don't mean that in a mean way, but uh, I may be starting that soon as well. So look for that and I'll mm. let you guys know if I do that. You know what I mean? That, that's why I separate my social medias. Yeah, I'm going to have to kind of, I'm going to have to, I might do that. I don't know yet. I don't want it to be perceived as something that it's not. It's more for uh, fans that want to interact with me more than just me putting up a page. So um, look for that maybe in the future. But uh, April Fool's bitches. And uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you listen to us. So 
always tune in. Always be prepared for something because you never know what we're going to do. And by the way, we have a ton of content in the works right now, so keep an eye out for it. But uh, yeah, that's it for us here at the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Peace.